Welcome to BDO Talks ERISA, a monthly podcast from BDO's ERISA Center of Excellence. Each month, we will be talking best practices around all things ERISA, how to avoid common compliance issues, how to navigate the tricky ins and outs of ERISA's fiduciary provisions, and discussing our own experiences working for BDO's ERISA Services Group and the insights we share through the ERISA Center of Excellence. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Let's get started. Welcome to the initial podcast for BDO Talks ERISA. I'm Beth Garner, National Practice Leader for our Employee Benefit Plan Audit Group and a partner at BDO. We are excited to have you join us today. This podcast is an extension of the services that we offer through our BDO's ERISA Center of Excellence. We developed the podcast to expand on topics and issues that we want to bring to you through our social media postings on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook, and our quarterly ERISA Roundup. So the goal of our uh, Center of Excellence is is to truly help any plan sponsor and anyone in charge of governance of their retirement plan with up-to-date information and, you know, what's going on in the industry. We know all you professionals, uh, you know, wear many hats within your organization, and our Center of Excellence can be a place to quickly get up-to-date information to help with your responsibilities. Joining me today on the podcast are my fellow co-hosts, Luann McNichol and Joanne Zupka. Ladies, as you introduce yourself, you know, please share something personal so the listeners will know something more about you. Well, something more than the fact that we're just a bunch of nerds that like to talk about retirement plans. Thanks, Beth. I'm excited to be joining you today um, to kick off our podcast series. Um, I'm Luann McNichol. I'm an audit partner in BDO's ERISA Services Group, and I work very closely with our national and our regional practice teams to bring best-in-class service to our retirement plan clients. As Beth mentioned, our ERISA team is really quite passionate about what we do, and I know you'll hear that in our upcoming podcast. I'm from the beautiful state of Michigan, and I live and work in Grand Rapids, Michigan, I'm living in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is on the west side of the state. I'm just a short drive to Lake Michigan. So one of my favorite things to do is to visit the Lake Michigan beaches. We have an absolutely uh, beautiful shoreline here in Michigan. Uh, Joanne, would you like to introduce yourself? Thanks, Luann. Hi, I'm Joanne Zupka. I'm the regional practice leader for the Atlantic region, and I'm located in Philadelphia. In addition to being a huge sports fan, because if you're from Philly, you have to be. Um, I'm also a Broadway junkie, and I love Billy Joel, but I promise I will not try to sing for you on these podcasts. Um, And just because I can't get enough of the ERISA world and benefit plans. Um, In my spare time, I'm also a trustee for a local pension plan fund. Um, So I kind of am going to bring a different perspective as well from an auditing, but then also what it's like to be a fiduciary um, for a pension plan. So each podcast is going to feature a combination of us, the co-host, Beth, Luann, and myself, along with some guest contributors from inside and outside of BDO. And we want to make sure that we connect with our listeners on topics that you would like us to discuss. So you can reach out to the podcast through our email address, bdotalksarissa at bdo.com. Before we get started, I think it's time that Beth shares something other than that Southern accent. Yeah, so many of you are probably trying to figure out which Southern state I'm from. Well, the big reveal is the fabulous state of Georgia. Um, I absolutely love SEC football. I mean, I really love all sports, but um, that's not Securities and Exchange Commission when we said the SEC. 
So, you know, when I'm not auditing plans or talking retirement, I am following my 14-year-olds around playing football and baseball. Well, now you know more about the Center of Excellence and the nerds that are behind it. Well, professionals. So how about we get started on some wonderful topics? Today, you know, we want to discuss topics and issues that many plan sponsors are facing on a day-to-day basis right now. Crazy thing about these topics, you know, at the same time last year, these would not be the topics we would discuss. Here we are, 2021, as everybody sighs, you know, breathes a relief and says, hallelujah, 2020's gone. But you know what? Some things still linger and we're into the first quarter of 2021 now and we're still feeling the effects of this pandemic. I would say, or maybe it's just me, I truly have a listening and speaking fatigue about this pandemic. But we have to press on and talk about some of these ugly topics today. So we know this pandemic is going to impact us for many years to come. But short term, we think there is going to be a shift in employee benefit needs. One thing that comes to top of mind is mental health services. You know, really think about it. Every aspect of, you know, employees' lives, our lives, were affected by this. Negative impact on sleeping, eating, um, I'm sound like I'm in a confessional booth, lack of exercise, and increased anxiety around finances. I know, you know, like many parents who have to do this, is good grief homeschooling your children. Talk about some anxiety. Oh, I agree. We're going to continue to see the need for mental health offerings to increase, and we'll see employers playing a role in addressing this issue and adjusting benefit offerings to better meet the needs of their workforce. Um, You know, some employers may want to consider expanding employee assistance programs offerings and making these programs more accessible to their employees. We'll likely see management training on this topic, too, to help leaders recognize and watch for those mental health stressors and at-risk behaviors. I think this is going to be key in maintaining a healthy workforce in this year and years to come. Um, I think the use of technology has also helped to provide more access to mental health care, including allowing employees to, you know, remain that um, being anonymous while seeking help um, for their mental health stressors. Um, Telehealth benefits, that's another hot topic. Um, That benefit, you know, once viewed was a nice to have, but quickly became a necessity this past year. Um, I thought this was interesting. There was a survey done in 2016 on healthcare strategy and plan design that found that about 90% of large companies actually offered telehealth benefits back in 2016, but only 3% were actually using this benefit. Of course, that has changed dramatically. And in more recent um, study found that adding more virtual care solutions is becoming a high priority and um, will be a high priority in 2021 for plan sponsors. Um, I know that I've used them personally um, this past year and definitely took you know, advantage of having that telehealth benefit. One, one fun fact to share, the average time that you save um, for patients using telehealth versus in-person appointments is about 101 minutes. Now that's you know, close to two hours back in a day, which is you know, something that I could use right now for sure. Yeah, because we could just work some more, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, be, um, it'll be interesting to see, because um, I'm sure at the end of 2020 or even at the end of 2021, um, there will be another um, like healthcare strategy um, 
another survey that'll be done to see how many uh, more companies utilize the telehealth, especially during the pandemic. But no, it's absolutely going to change how we visit the doctors. Um, you know, there, there's commercials out there right now about the one woman needing to get migraine medicine and just how quickly she can get it. Um, so, but it's also going to be a major change for uh, many employees. As Beth had said, like we're continuing to work from home, especially as we're seeing um, increases in the positive COVID cases. And it's just changing our, our daily lives. I mean, as I mentioned, being a huge sports fan, I never thought I would see the entire NFL draft last year being done remotely and getting a glimpse into coaches' uh, houses and how they live. But then also, as you Don't went you through- think it- Sorry to interrupt, but didn't you think it was interesting on um, the older coaches' homes and then the younger coaches' homes? It was definitely a difference, but I digress. Yes, yes. <laughs> Let's not, we're not going to quote how many, you know, SEC people got drafted. Yep. <laughs> so, but I mean, even as you kind of think about what we just went through with all of the um, different sports you know, some were canceled, some um, were postponed. You don't necessarily get to do that in your daily life, um, right? We, some of us have the luxury of working from home. And so our HR professionals need to really take a look at um, what their employees are doing um, and how they're going to reach out to their employees about what's going on changes, you know, within the, whether it be their benefits or, you know, reopening an office. So, Communication is going to be the key to engaging all employees. Now, when I say that, one of the things that we have to consider is what is that delivery method going to be? Because, right, we are right now dealing with multi-generations in the workforce. As Beth had pointed out with the coaches, you know, older and newer coaches in kind of their houses, um, so is the communication method that they're using. So, right, we've got to make sure that Individuals are connecting properly with Generation Z and the millennials um, who show that they like to use mobile apps, video, and social media while still embracing the communications of more experienced employees. Now, some employees want to receive the information via emails. Every, some want it on their smartphones. Um, again, plan sponsors are going to need multiple ways to reach their employees about the same information. Um, and I think what we have to take a step back with as, as we're kind of working from home and we've touched upon this is we're bombarded by so many emails and news articles. I mean, Beth, you had kind of mentioned like pandemic fatigue, right? Reading about yes. it. Um, I sometimes get tired when I look at my phone and I go, oh my God, these many work emails came in and then I have these many personal emails. Um, plan sponsors, you know, certainly don't want their employees to ignore uh, their communications, especially like with retur- with retirement topics. I mean, when we think about it, retirement is such a huge topic um, that individuals still need to, regardless of what's going on, still need to consider a way to um, plan for it. As I get closer to another decade, I realize that uh, more and more time <laughs> seems to... I just to noticed me. you didn't say the number. <laughs> I did not. Um, uh, you know. Time seems to vanish. You think about compound interesting interest in what you're going to do. Um, okay, so yeah, I'm going to get off my soapbox about retirements and the needs, but I do think that we need to uh, think about communication because I will just say one thing, Beth, that you can tell your twin boys. Uh, they are now the new generation that's going to enter the workforce, and they are called Gen Alpha. Oh, wow. I don't think I want to call them Alpha. They think they're Alpha already. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. That's a new one. Had not heard that one. It's 
just been released, so it's oh. for, uh, oh, wow. Yep. So, you know, you were talking about smartphones, and of course, you know, and we're talking about now Generation Alpha. I'm going to laugh about that. So, you know, they're a generation that they've had smartphones. I mean, my kids have had, they're 14, so they've had smartphones for a couple of years. Of course, my husband now says they need flip phones. We need to take them back a step, but anyway, you know, with the smartphone, with us working from home and all this information flow, you know, cybersecurity is going to be another area that's going to remain a primary concern for employers. I mean, my goodness, especially as it relates to personal identifiable information, you know, what we regularly call PII, um, you know, that's like dates of birth, uh, addresses, social security numbers, you know, all that information where identity theft could happen you know, they say about cybersecurity and being hacked, you know, it's not a matter of if, but when your systems are going to be hacked into. I mean, it's the auditor's plan sponsors as we you know, talk to them. They're asking tougher questions of our systems today, way more than they really did five years ago. And it's very smart for them to do it. We want clients to be asking us about those things. It means they're very serious about this process. You know, everyone that owns a computer should be concerned. Uh, you know, I talk to my kids about firewalls and safety and and you can't purchase things on your smartphone. We need to do it under a, a larger firewall. You know, you know, they love having my lectures about cybersecurity. But, you know, plan sponsors should be aware of their responsibilities as it relates to the safety of their plan data within the walls of their company and outside their walls because, you know, you're giving it over to third-party administrators and and over to auditors for us to look at to do, you know, your audit. So, you know, every service provider of the plan should be looking into, you know, the safety of their networks, especially with the considerable amount, sound like a broken record, you know, everybody working from home right now. You know, I really hate to say the sky's falling like chicken little, but companies really need to include their plans with the cybersecurity policies. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, Beth. Um, and it, that is an area that we've been receiving a lot of questions on and um, from our clients. Um, another quick area just to consider in um, protecting employee information is that new um, Department of Labor's electronic disclosure, um, that safe harbor rule that was published back in, I think it was in May of 2020. Um, this new rule allows retirement plan sponsors to post um, all the plan disclosures um, online via, you know, email, internet page, or a mobile app, um, rather than having to deliver this information via physical mail. Um, so, you know, the DOL has emphasized that the rule should result in increased convenience, of course, and reduce printing and mail expenses um, for companies. Um, but plan sponsors really need to consider, you know, the protection of that sensitive plan information and participant information that they're putting out there. I do think in today's age, the electronic delivery is a much better option. Um, physical mail, snail mail, slow mail, whatever you want to call it, um, there's just been a delay. I, I can't tell you um, how late after the holiday season I was still receiving um, cards and things in the mail. So I, clearly I, I would go the electronic way. Um, but, you know, most people are spending hours at their computers and they'll pay more attention to an email over something that's coming to their house. Um, hopefully, with Beth's uh, chicken little reference, we haven't scared <laughs> too many folks off on cyber 
ah, cybersecurity. But you know, if you need some directions, our group, we did have an article on our Center of Excellence um, helping to outline some thoughts regarding this very important topic about cybersecurity. Um, and it's just, it's an important topic. Yeah, I mean, data breaches are becoming all too common in our workplace, and many states have strengthened their data breach notification statutes. You know, most companies use encrypted emails, but I mean, I hate to say it, some companies still want to send, you know, sensitive information through regular email. We don't want to receive that. That That's just high risk. Um we have seen many co companies and service providers do multi-factor verification to access sensitive information, and that's definitely a best practice. Well, we have truly discussed just a few of the hot topics um, and benefits that we're going to be seeing in 2021. So I think we're at a good, good stopping point. But uh, just a friendly reminder for those employers who elected to defer certain employees' payroll taxes under the COVID-related tax relief of 2020. The IRS has released notice 2021-11 that extends the payment period from April 30th, 2021 until December 31st, 2021. Um, so we're going to give you some homework as we leave this, this episode um, that you can check that out if you are one of the employers that took advantage of that the Tax Relief Act of 2020. Um, so we're going to have future podcasts devoted to all topics and benefits relating to ERISA. Um, remember, we would love to hear from you, so please reach out to us through our email, BDO Talks Arissa at BDO.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. As you can tell, we certainly love to talk about retirement, retirement plans, and really any kind of topic that pertains to the HR industry, such as these new trends. Our BDO Arissa Center of Excellence on BDO.com touches all types of topics and other HR trends to keep plan sponsors up to date. Thank you for listening to BDO Talks Arissa. Past episodes are available at bdo.com slash bdotalksarissa, or you can go to iTunes or Spotify to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also send us feedback, questions, or ideas you have for future topics at bdotalksarissa at bdo.com. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of BDO. For more information on BDO's ERISA Center of Excellence and the services we provide, visit bdo.com slash ERISA.